Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of Pearl Notes. I am C Notes. And I'm your girl, Black Pearl. And this shows if for those who are not usual listeners to our podcast. This is our show where we do a political deep dive into the policies and the politics of this nation and see if things really matter or don't matter and how they really truly affect the the average citizen, the common person from from our perspective. And we're going to actually pick up tonight from our last podcast, and we're going to have two topics of discussion this wonderful evening. First being, do the Democrats need to have their own internal civil war? And the second being, how our democracy needs to change and how to do it. And so with that, uh, Blackboard, why don't you uh, start us off there? Your first question, Sino, is a very interesting one. Does the Democratic Party need to have its own internal civil war? Many, I think, would say that they have already been having that war, and it got escalated during the latter part of last year. Um, and has just continued into this year uh, with regards to uh, the BBB. And I think in many regards, the Progressive Caucus in particular over in the House is really trying to flex its muscle. It's not as large over in the Senate, so you're not seeing as much movement. And there tends to be, unfortunately more stalemate there. Um, I don't even want to bring up the two senators that we know who are causing a lot of this stalemate um, on the Democratic side. Uh, because oh, I'll go ahead and have... bring them up if you don't want no, to. No, 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 uh... no, no. I, 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 know, I know that you <laughs> will, but I wanna, the reason I don't want to focus on those two is because at the end of the day, you still have 50 Republicans who refuse to do anything for the good of the nation because they are all about party first. And I think that that is a problem. So, of course it's a problem, but but that's after the last matter of fact, let's just be real, since the 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 last 2 years of the Clinton administration, Republicans have been slowly becoming obstructionists to function government. It I don't reached... believe that the Republicans believe in functioning government. Well, not on the federal level. Yeah, I can no, agree to that. But even... on the state level, yeah, they do believe in it on the state level. We've seen that. Look at how they're uh, turning around all these um, these state laws to deny the ability to vote. Redistricting. Right, but functioning for who? That's what I'm saying. Like I don't, I, I, I don't believe that their general philosophy has anything to do with functioning government, because government Not- is supposed to 
is supposed to be a help to it's it's by the people for the people they don't consider everyone people very true but they still want those services there for when they need it and that's <sighs> the rub but well, well, we we digress <laughs> yeah so like truly back to your original question do they need to have their own internal civil war as I said, I think that that's already happening, and I think that it's simply being ratcheted up over the last few years. Uh, definitely within the last few months, but I think that you definitely see a progression with regards to uh, basically two, if not three, kind of different factions within the Democratic Party. Uh, trying to coalesce you know uh, to actually create legislation to try to move this country forward and I just feel like you know at this point in time it, it I, I'm, I'm leery as to if it's really enough like even if showing unity would make any significant changes um particularly on the Senate side. And I only say that because, you know, we we live, unfortunately, in a country that seems to have the shortest memories. And so we are living from news cycle to news cycle. And it doesn't make any sense to me that there is literally one party that is trying to govern and another that is not. And yet the one that is not seems to be controlling the narrative much better than the one that is. What do you say to that? I disagree that we were actually having our internal civil war. See, see, when I say an internal civil war, I think about 2010 Republicans, the birth of the Tea Party. We need that. We need all out just anarchy in the Democratic Party. Because <laughs> no, no, we're not there yet. Trust me, we aren't even close to being there yet. We're, we're, well, we're I don't want, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want the Dems to be anywhere near where the Tea Party was. Those were once again unqualified individuals who had absolutely no, many of them had. No business being elected, and we are seeing, I, and we are seeing the detriment, not only to that party but to our political systems because too many of I, those people still exist today. I'm not talking about the people that were elected. I'm talking about the weeding out of the establishment. And here's why I say that: because, yes. I definitely want to 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 point out uh, senators senators Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema for what they have done. The fact that they can't even hold the party line, and it's not like this is a party line for you know increased tax you know on on the rich you know trillions of dollars to you know social programs. No, this is about the the right to vote. And a, and a party 
that wouldn't even, as you said, the, the GOP having no, no backbone for democracy. Not anymore. Maybe a maybe hundred years ago, but definitely not today. But that's to be expected from them after the last, let's just be real, the last 12 years. If not a little bit longer. But the fact uh-huh. that those two couldn't stand with the party and do what was right, I have a serious problem with that. And what needs to happen has already started to happen. Uh, yesterday evening, caught a piece on MSNBC on Rachel Maddow where uh, the largest Latino advocacy group in, in Arizona uh back is now backing a new um candidate as soon as she, they're already running ads against her Are you that's surprised? how no but i'm sure she is <laughs> and this is what i have been saying needed to happen with the democratic party you know god god rest his soul uh the late Senator Harry Reid, he knew how to run a party. The man knew <laughs> how to run from Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> the man knew how to keep his keep his 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 his, uh, his party in line. Like you won't look look. You can you can get you all you want. <laughs> Uh-huh. But at the but end at of the, the day, time, though, you're going to vote yes. <laughs> yeah. I want you to also remember the fact that Harry Reid was the last Senate leader to have a supermajority. True. But he, he still also He was the last how... one. But he knew but how he to wield his power. How... Thank you. He knew how to whip his party, his caucus in line and keep them there. They could go out on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News even back in that day. Say whatever they wanted to say. But when it came time to vote, there was no question that Harry Reid had the votes. See, I see. I look at... I, Schumer I, 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 is I, not that. Equivalent. Schumer is no Harry No, Reed. no, no, no. I feel that Harry was more of a leader where he knew how to work those backdoor channels. And Harry Reid did not truly go out and seek the... He didn't seek the media. He didn't seek the publicity the way that I feel like Chuck Schumer does. But even still, Schumer does not actually utilize that leverage in the manner that he should. He does not wield... I get that that this is the slimmest of majorities that you could possibly have, but you still have a majority. And, and he you. needs to be wielding that power as if like, dude, you're the you are the majority leader. Act, Act like, like it. it. Stop, stop making it seem like you have to go and work with McConnell in a way. Like, no, call them out for what they are doing. Call them out. Every like it just 
it pains me that every day they are not out there calling out these colleagues. I am so tired of this, my friend, my friend. I hate to say it, they are not friends. None of them are, and they need to stop saying that. But again, that's like beating the dead horse trying to go after the Republicans, which who you need to go after is your fellow Democrats here. It's time to okay. behind closed doors in in front of the camera. If they don't start shipping up and doing the will, l- l- let me put it to you this way: Not only did uh, Senator Cinema lose backing from the the, the largest Latino uh, group out there, but she got censured this past week by her own party, and a sitting senator got censured by her own party. That should tell you something. And she's not the only one. I. Yeah, but does it actually affect her? That's what you need to ask yourself. Does it actually really affect her? Because a lot of her, a a lot of the, the, this is where I say I, I don't think that it really does. Because unless they are able to re- like like they have to follow the the state laws of Arizona which i definitely would want to figure out like is there a way to, for them to get rid of her because if not she is not up for a reelection until 2024 so you're still going to wind up having to deal with her for another couple of years who but you need she... to make sure that you get behind and make sure you get him reelected is mark kelly Oh, they're going to do that. But the thing is, she has higher political ambitions. It's widely known in and outside of Arizona and Washington. Everybody knows that she has higher ambitions. What do you think this does? Unless she's deciding she's going to run for Repu- as a Republican, which, boy, they're going to love when she switches over for that one. They are going to eat her alive. So that's not a smart bid. The only thing she could possibly do is run independent. And they don't like her that much after this. So it's it's a it's a fraught thing for her. But like I said, she's not the only one. I'm now looking at Nancy. Some shocking news, but not really shocking because anybody who watches and has a you know a you know a pulse on uh, politics knew that. Nancy was going to run for re-election. She officially announced today. And I think that couldn't be worse for the party. I I believe that California is not going to be represented. Not truly. Do we, do we, do we honestly think that the majority of the citizens in California are 70 years old and up? That's not I even mean, the majority really. of the country. Thank you. <laughs> Much less California. And the fact that she's still... And if she wins, which that's pretty but much she a she is given, representing a district, not the state. True. She, but... she, she, is, she, is, she is a huge... Uh, I... She'll be the senior representative 
that there you know that and then on top of that she's going to uh, try to run for the for the for the leadership role and it's time that, it's time for her to it's time for her to step down i will i will say like that is where i am a little a little hesitant but at the same time i look at the entire leadership of the Democratic Party right now, um, particularly in the House. And we've got Nancy, Steady Hoyer, and Jim Clyburn, one, two, three, and all of them are over 70. All of them. Do they truly represent the Democratic base? Are they really the best for the leadership positions? I, I don't no. think so. I don't think and, so. But, Do- but but why why are you hesitant? Speak your mind. Why are you hesitant about what I said about Nancy holding leadership? I don't. I think it's time for a, as everybody in Washington knows. Nancy takes the safe bet. She never does anything where she doesn't have the votes. I've heard this from native Californians now (laughs) about this and how that she knows the system. But I, I disagree with that. She, she knows the system not to advance things, but to keep it as is. So that the party overall can retain power. It's more nowadays about retaining power than actually using that said power. See, this is where I would say that I was actually hoping that she would finally walk away. And I only say that because I have nothing but respect for Nancy Pelosi. Absolutely. I think she's she done a has, job. What she has accomplished, you know. And throughout her career. Throughout throughout her entire career. However, the Republican Party always seems to find someone that they use as a boogeyman. <laughs> In this case, she is the boogie woman <laughs> that they have used year in and year out. And it's like this goes to me, this goes way beyond just woman bashing <laughs> because the woman has done a phenomenal job with what she, she really has. has. She I really mean, has. No, no, it's, it, it's been no small feat to keep the house to keep her caucus in line. in line. I, because, I am and, not knocking her for that. But this, I am see, This is also why I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking her, not because certainly not because she's a woman, and not because she doesn't like she does. She has the bona fides to do it, but her time is up. It's time to, it's time to start fighting again. It's, it's time for us to roll up our sleeves, get in the mud, and if that means even that we, that we lose a vote, then so be it. It's on the record. We're holding people accountable now. And this idea that she only does the safe bets, 
that time is over. We need real change here. Okay. Here's the here's the problem with that. You and I both see unlike I feel this and this is sad to say, but unlike majority of the country who probably who probably don't really understand how government works. We understand that it's not so much the house where the power lies, though they control the purse strings, it truly winds up being, what does that upper chamber look like? Because if you want to actually enact real change, though it may start in the house, it must finish in the Senate. And if the Senate is not composed, if it is not, if, if it is not, comprised of individuals who are actually agents of change, who are current in understanding what the people of today, not 20 years ago, not 30 years ago, not 50 years ago, but the people who are living in this country today, in this nation today, and what they need. And when I say people, I mean people. Because to me, there is a party who believes that people are businesses and not real people, not real living, breathing individuals who have to get up and go to work every day, who have to get up and create a living for themselves, who have to get up and deal with their families, deal with their kids, deal with the mundaneness of life. I truly believe that there is... We literally live in a world, unfortunately, where we have only two political parties in this country. And I think that that right there within itself is a detriment to this nation. Because if one is not functioning properly, it's killing the other one slowly but surely. Because we have only, we have we have a nation full of individuals who are bred to either, and basically adhere themselves to one party or the other. And there really hasn't been a lot of fluctuation over my lifetime, at least. So where does that leave us as a nation? When you're only voting for the, you're voting for the party and not the individual and the ideas that they are presenting and what they can bring to the table. That's why we need to have this little internal civil war. Time to weed it out. Time to do a little purge. Are you going to fight? Truly fight. Okay. For these, for, for what's happening out there. Because... So, go ahead. Okay. My next question to you then, sir. Is it the parties that's the problem? Or is it the system itself it's both there that the system initially was the system was set up by wrong first and foremost we can all admit that the system was created wrong in a lot of different places in a lot of different ways the system was established so that power power was held in the hands of individuals that those who created 
the power structure wanted it to be. It has only been with a lot of push and pull over many, 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 many years that we have even come close to actually including most people within our society at the helms of government. Very true. But then it's then the parties now that also are enabling that system. It's, It's almost like the Matrix. They're so dependent, so enamored with the system, they can't let go. They can't change. And so you... You need a wake-up call. You, that's what you're hearing from, you know, this the generation, you know, after millennials. They are saying, no, nah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I like, you know, I like nice things and all, but I like to breathe first. <laughs> See, I, 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 need to, like I, need, I need to have food. I hear you. I hear you. I do. I do think that the younger generations are definitely looking at the way that the way that we 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 conduct ourselves in a manner that it's like you are going to kill us or not even give us an opportunity because you are so stuck in the past. You are so stuck on how things used to be that you refuse to even look at how things are today. Like how 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 can we be so backwards but forward thinking as a nation? Our kids we want our kids we we keep saying that our children are our future, right? But if are we they? can't leave them a planet, if right, because I'm like, if we don't leave them a planet, what good is a trust fund? Um, because I'm just seeing how they treated kids with COVID, and I don't. I'm I'm beginning to question a lot of parents' love for their kids. Do you love their kids? But that that that's for another political topic. Because now we're gonna we're gonna switch gears since we talk so much around it and about it. It's time to talk about now how our democracy needs to change, how we can actually fix it, and this I. This is where I think you and I can also continue to agree but disagree on some of the finer points of things. Because I think, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll start with the, something that we can agree on, the judicial system that everybody loathes and has been in the news for the last year and, and a half of just nonsense just going on. And we can all agree that I think it needs systemic change, top to bottom, the whole thing. And I think the way that we start, start with the Supreme Court. Term limit. You get <laughs> one eight-year term. That's it. You get, And once you've been Supreme Court justice, you can never be Supreme Court justice again. One and done, homie. Like the presidency. <laughs> oh, you still get picked by a president, but you can never hold it again. Then we can go down, like, let's say, you know, the federal level, the appellate courts. What? I might be fair. 
give them, you know, give, get, get, they can have two terms of five. And then you add it in. No, no, no comebacks. No take backs. No take backs. I, and, and if you go down that route, all the way down to just to those, those state and local judges, you'll start getting a wealth of experience for lawyers. They'll understand the, once they've been a judge and they stop being a judge and go back to being a lawyer before maybe becoming a, a circuit judge or an appellate judge, whether state or federal, they will understand more the, the weight of what it means to be a judge rather than just being a lawyer. How heavy the burden is for the, for the lies that you are having to preside judgment over. Yeah, I, I think like that's that gets great... lost with yeah. regards to our judiciary system. It is, I, 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 particularly with the Democratic Party, I don't think that it has been at the forefront um, as important as it has been over on the Republican side. But those judges have the most immediate and long-lasting impact on individual lives. Yes. Then anything, anything that can be done at the legislative or executive level. Absolutely. Because those things change so rapidly. Yeah. And especially once precedents get set, but it, it becomes get, a whole snowball you effect. You get set. Oh, you're doing that time. Right. Yep. No ifs, ands, buts about it. And in but most of why... these states, the appeal process is hard. And forget about getting any sort of real rights back after you've even served your time. No, most well. It depends on what, if you're in a democratic state, most of them give you back your rights. If you're in a Republican state. It depends upon where you live. If they brand you a criminal, oh, you will never have a right again to say anything. You'll just be, you should be happy that you can still exist if you are able to still make it out and figure out something with your life. True, but but we digress. Like that th- that's how I would start changing the, the judicial system and how they work. You know, we, we need to tinker with all the term limits for these judges. Which, mind you, I know that you would bring up, well, to do that, we would have to change some Senate rules. Absolutely. The next place I want to go, let's go to that legislative branch. Yeah, across the nation, you get two terms of six years. That's like you. I think you said it best. That's that's over a decade. If you can't get shit done in that much time, a hey, find a new career, homie. 
obviously you were not effective or capable to to woo the your fellow delegates to follow a long suit. We're sorry. Better luck next time. Maybe somebody else will pick up the mantle. But your time is done. He or she don't matter. <laughs> yes. I agree with you there. I believe that there truly should be term limits across the board. I think that it's very telling that the only reason, honestly, we even have term limits in the executive branch, you know, is because our very first executive said he would only serve two terms. And it just became the norm until they wrote it out. And that was not until after Roosevelt <laughs> did going on four. Went, went, more, went, went four <laughs> and then died <laughs> shortly after taking, taking, taking the oath of office for the fourth time. Like, so, yeah, maybe, maybe we should have maybe, some limits. Maybe we should just go ahead and have some limits. You know, but there have never been limits placed on the legislative branch or the judiciary branch where those are the two branches truly where the real power resides. And I feel like that right there in itself is very telling. Is that where the real power resides, there have never been term limits. And it's almost suspiciously done so. You know? I mean, truly, because you're ta- you're, you're literally talking generations being affected because as long as you keep re-electing people in the legislative branch you can continue to hope that they're going to toe whatever line you want them to you know this is where I like I, I look at the system of how money gets fed into politics and it's like you know corporations understand it's like yeah if I want to keep things this way, I'm going to keep feeding money to this particular candidate or that particular candidate. Because as long as I'm feeding them money and they stay in power because they're in a safe district or a safe state, I'm going to keep getting what I want. Regardless of what, oh, I don't know what their employees might need or their customers might need because that's not where the power resides. Even though the democ- a democracy is supposed to be a majority, the will of the majority being expressed. That is what a real democracy is supposed to be. When has, like, like I, I, can't, I cannot name one single thing that a majority of the people in this nation agree upon that has actually been done. Well, I think therein lies the rub. America is not a true and real democracy. But that is what we're about all across the world is that we are democracy. And I believe that that the Mm. democracy goes beyond just being able to cast a ballot. And that within itself is becoming harder and harder to do. We're plutocracy. That's what we really are. And we we like to masquerade as a democracy because it sounds better, it looks better. You, you can put that on a postcard and sell that around the world. 
But if you had true democracy where every person's vote and voice really mattered, we'd be just like Rome and we'd be, we'd be over just as quick. That's why, why is we it? Sh- that's why we should get rid of things like the Electoral College. If you really want to change, popular vote. Yes. And not only with that, not only would I love to get rid of the Electoral College, I believe that it is an ancient system that honestly was set up so that rural states could always have an edge. But I believe, too, that if we really go to a real democracy and everything is based on popular vote, then major issues that are affecting the country should also be placed on the ballot. And if a majority vote for it, I don't care what, hap- what, what, what the folks of your state say. If a majority of the people want this to happen, then our legislature should reflect that. Our judiciary system should reflect that. Our executive branch should reflect that. They should be a reflection of the will of the people, the majority of the people, not a small handful of people. Which is why I totally agree with you that we actually live under more of a plutocracy than we do under a democracy. And that's why this whole, but it's something that I I discussed with, with my brother offline about as much as we want, see, everybody thinks that, you know, liberals just want to burn down the the government and, and, and start over. You can't do that. No, no real progressive or liberal really wants that. They know that to 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 really do change in this government, you got to go after each pillar one at a time. And while the other two are still holding up, and after you demolish one and you start re, you, you really rebuild it back up, put all the new fixtures and trimmings on it to make it sturdy the way that we it needs to be for the future of this country and that's the thing that i think is lost about our country is that our constitution is not a piece of paper it's not just a bunch of words to be regurgitated and taught in schools it's a living breathing document that's what the founders quote unquote (laughs) wanted that it would change with the nation with the people over time it's why we have amendments <laughs> i'm just but we haven't boggles, had one in like 30 years it boggles my mind truly that there have not been more amendments made to our constitution that help us move forward as a nation. And, you know, I, 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 and I go back to the point that we were just recently talking about of, you know, how is it that you have individuals who serve these very long terms 
but you don't see any change over their lifespans, like over over their over over their careers. Where's the real change happening? You know, I look at something as simple right now as you know we have a a, a push now for voting mm-hmm. rights legislation that has literally stalled, even though many of the same people that are blocking this. Basically, it is nothing more than a reinstitution of the Voting Rights Act saying we are going to put it back together the way that it was because it is pouring. And I remember when the Supreme Court initially struck down um, the, the section that led to or that, you know, talked about how states had to um, you know, go through the process of being, you know, have, going on a review, um, you know, for any courts. voting, any, 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 any voting laws that they wanted to change. And, you know, God rest her soul, Justice Ginsburg said, at that time, you are lit, like, you are taking away an umbrella. And it's raining. Now, now it's a thunderstorm. Now it's a monsoon. Now it's a thunderstorm, and no, yeah, it's it, it's it's a typhoon at this point, and you have no cover whatsoever, and you literally have a party that has decided, yeah, we're just going to be the typhoon. Whatever floods come, let them come. But and we may or what? may not decide to pick up the pieces afterwards. But here's here's the but here's the thing. Nobody on their side is complaining because they're getting what they want. This is like, um, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Boehner and Obama. I, I got I got ninety nine percent of what I want. That's what they're getting. That's what the GOP is getting. They're getting their way. They're not going to complain when they're stacking the debt. When they're fixing the game, so why, and, and and that I think is what a lot of Democrats are failing to understand and how to really combat this issue. We're all talking was, about how to play this game, like it's still being to play like a fair game. They've stacked the game now, and they're winning. They're going to rule by minority. And we won't be able to do a thing about it because we were too weak to do something about it when we actually had some power to do something. Rule by minority into perpetuity. Because because at this point in time, they will rule if they are in the minority or the majority. Doesn't matter. Which means which which means that there's never any equal footing. There is never any real chance of justice or equality. It just needs to look like it. And that's all that they care about. It looks like it from the outside. They can sell it like that. But anybody on the they inside can sell it like that, that cause they, because they're rigging it. You they see? can sell it like that because they are rigging it. But it goes back to one of the things that I said at the very beginning of this conversation. 
they are controlling the messaging, which makes absolutely no, no darn sense to me. They control the messaging because they speak to the grievances and the the vitriol that that lives within it's, I hate to say it, but within rural white America, they've been scapegoating African Americans, uh, Latin Americans, brown people for for generations. And so when you have that, you have biases, prejudice, racism, that's just stoked. We're seeing it on the news. You know, anti-Semitism is on the rise pretty much everywhere in this country. Even places that were supposedly very tolerant or had large communities. This is and this is this is the part of America that they've never, never wanted to really open up uh, to the world to let the light in to to shine on it and clear it out. The vitriol that lives within Americans. We never handled our our shit. I'm gonna say it flat out from the Civil War. There was no accountability for treason, for splitting up the Union. It was, we don't know what Lincoln would have done. We honestly don't know. He was killed before that could happen. But we know what Jackson did. Johnson. Sorry, Johnson. We know what he did. (laughs) Uh, Nothing happened. Let's keep it moving. Okay. You know what? And and did away with Reconstruction. Quietly. This is so. So, see now, (laughs) you have officially gotten us to the point. This is where we're gonna put a book in, because that is that is going to be the topic of next of our next conversation. Because I feel like honestly, it is that period right there. That is why we are right where we are today, because we have seen nothing more than a rehash. And many people are now wondering, are we headed towards another civil war in this country? Well I think that's worth discussing. That is. And 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 we'll I, I'll say this last point before wrapping up the th- this podcast for the evening that uh I, I've said for many years most uh long-lasting empires and countries, they've had multiple civil wars. America's only had one. And we didn't even get a resolution. America is still, honestly, we are still infants compared to every other major (laughs) nation. All, all, All the major political powers of the world we are infants compared to them maybe toddlers at this point but you get my drift yeah maybe but not definitely nothing not a kid we're not we're not even a petulant kid yet nope 
Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. We haven't even reached that status yet. Haven't even reached but, that status yet. But that that that's a good place to start up on our next podcast. The 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 failings of uh, resolving the civil war and how we got to this point. And uh, to all of our wonderful listeners out there that have tuned in, thank you for joining another wonderful episode of Pearl Notes. Uh, you can catch this and our other podcast on our network, the Village Family Podcast Network, where we have not only Pearl Notes, but Sports Talk, Untitled Sports Talk, and yep, yep. Three Wise Fools. With oh, another yeah. one soon to be to be debuting, so uh, you can find us uh, on all of your different apps: Spotify, Google. The podcast, uh, the Village uh, Podcast Network, is specifically though on Apple. So get you an Apple, join up. Uh, got anything for them? Uh, Nah, yeah. Thank y'all again for tuning in and listening. Uh, we hope that you also check out our other podcasts. Please come back. We, you know, we always love to hear from you. You know, you want to be. We want you to be a part of the conversation too. So, come on, join us here at Pearl Notes next time. Till next time. Like, subscribe, holla, holla. Peace.